Welcome to another morning of Daybreak Crypto. First article, this New York Times link on the exodus to crypto, exodus to Web3. This is kind of a capitulation from the New York Times, acknowledging all of the high-profile talent leaving traditional tech companies going towards crypto companies. So I thought that this was pretty a sign of the times. This is nothing new to people following the industry, but there were four key people I wanted to highlight. First, Jack leaving Twitter, going full on Square, changing the name of Square to Block. Brian Roberts, the former Lyft CFO, going over to OpenSea, the NFT marketplace. David Marcus, the head of crypto at Facebook, aka Meta, going out to follow his entrepreneurial spirit. And then there was a profile on the Coinbase head of product who had only worked at Coinbase for 14 months. And at the time of the IPO had earned about $600 million worth of equity. So this is something that I relate to very strongly because I love it when people quit their jobs and go startup mode. I've done it. I think there's nothing more fulfilling than going out and jumping into the deep end of the pool. But I mean, these are rich people, very, very successful individuals. And I think the real focus for me is seeing all of the, the tweet storms and thinking through the everyday kind of layperson who might be going in to try to make a name in the, in the startup ecosystem. I think there's some truth there that there's a bit of a gold rush, but at the same time, they have this, they kind of end with, this is actually people wanting to build stuff. And that's what's different about this cycle is in, in prior boom and busts, it was a little bit of vaporware at the time it felt like, but now all of that stuff that got funded, a lot of that is actually in the stages where Things are being built on it that are usable and have real use cases. So it's just an exciting time to be building on this new technology. Jake, did you have a chance to read this article? Yeah, I did. Um, I think you hit on two of my main takeaways. The first was the tone of the article. It wasn't dismissive. It was acknowledging that there's some serious brain drain between industries at this point. And this seems like, uh, like it might continue. And the second takeaway was, I guess the caveat to, to that first point, which is most of the actual people identified, uh, most of the examples used in this article are people who are either billionaires or multimillionaires, people who um, can afford to completely exit their companies and go start a new thing and bring <laughs> a hell of a lot of seed money with them. So I, there was an example, I think, about um, someone posting um, a, a job listing and getting like 350 responses. I guess I'm just curious um, what this looks like for the rank and file in Silicon Valley, because I, I think it's very practical to think about uh, some of these engineers, coders, uh, spending their free time, their weekends working on side projects. 
so, but you know, leaving their jobs, that security to pursue something full time. I, I wonder what, what that actually looks like right now for f- the rank and file. Um, but it, yeah, no, it sounds like the, the, um, everyone in Silicon Valley is, uh, like this is being taken seriously. And now it looks like the New York times is acknowledging that. Yeah, I would comment as well. I saw some interesting tweet threads in the past several days. These senior engineers at the big tech companies, Amazon, Google, et cetera, like posting about some of these crazy salaries that they're they're using to get competing offers and the to to the tune of seven hundred thousand dollars a year. I mean, stuff like that. And so you still, even so, they're not billionaires. They're not people who have, quote, unquote, made it in tech. That's kind of making it, in my view. I mean, that's still so much money that if you if you work a couple of jobs like that, and that's a little bit intermediate to late in your career, you probably have some cake saved up. So it's a lot easier to take a risk and tell yourself, hey, for a year, I'm going to try this thing. And then to the article's point further, they're talking about how if you go to a crypto startup, you can usually cash out your equity equivalent since you're getting some kind of token that generally goes liquid a lot faster than equity in, in a company, equity in a, a traditional startup. So there's still this allure of, hey, I can make a ton of money. But I still feel that a lot of this is a drive to build, but it's probably both. So. Yeah, I mean, I would. Yeah, I, I guess I, uh, I, I'm sure the people that are leaving their companies to go work on this stuff have great intentions. Uh, they want to build a better internet, but there were great intentions to build the current iteration of the internet, and I'm a little hesitant to believe that the the uh, the people who sit on top of that throne of Web 2.0 are going to come in and give us what Web 3.0 could actually be, but. Maybe that's my pessimism showing. Um, no, it's fair. it's realistic, but but uh, good points, yeah. man. All right, well, yeah. What do you got? So, um, I, my article is about inflation, Bitcoin, and gold. Throughout this last year, in the last twelve months, probably probably longer, uh, inflation has been a lingering issue, and that presents an issue for everyone in multiple ways, but specifically in terms of the people's investment portfolio. As I'm sure most people know, uh, inflation uh, degrades the real value of money. And so my day job is building investment portfolios for people. So this is a question I've been addressing quite a while now. It's people saying, well, how do I hedge against inflation? And we've done some analysis on our end with our company. Uh, Generally, you have a few categories that people tend to look at, commodities, especially gold. Uh, There's tips, treasury, inflation, protected securities. So that's a fixed income uh, investment earmarked to inflation. But um, now Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies have emerged as a possible alternative to investing. And it's pretty simple. Why? Because the idea is that uh, instead of traditional fiat currency that has been printed ad nauseum, Bitcoin 
uh, the the supply is determined by the algorithm that uh, was established back when it was released in 2009. And uh, so it ideally shouldn't uh, be subject to such a huge flood of supply that would lead to inflationary pressures. The article goes through and it looks at different time periods, different circumstances, comparing whether gold or Bitcoin hold up as inflation hedges. And I think there's a couple of major takeaways. Uh, and, and I'm kind of adding the own, my own analysis that we, we did. Uh, typically, the best inflation hedge for inflation that's low to medium single digits over a short to medium time frame. So that's a couple months to maybe a couple years. Stocks, equities have historically been the best inflation hedge. In times of very elevated in, inflation periods, like we're in right now, commodities, especially gold, have been the best inflation hedge. Um, unfortunately, you don't really know what kind of regime inflationary regime you're in until you're either well into it or it's already over. And finally, Bitcoin, there's a lot of different ways to look at whether or not Bitcoin is effective, but the problem is it's only been around for a little over 10 years. And this is really the first instance where we've had inflation that you could look at Bitcoin and or any cryptocurrency. And, and so you just don't have a good sample size. So not to say it can't be, it's just unfortunately, um, the data is just not there yet. So, so we're still in kind of this ideally mode, it should be, but haven't really got the proof in the pudding yet. Yeah, I never really was sold on the inflation hedge thesis of Bitcoin and crypto, but I've kind of changed my tune on that within the last year. And I think with articles like this, it's really important to think about timing. If you're getting into crypto now as an inflation trade, you're way too late. And I think that's a takeaway of the article because the time to enter your inflation trade was pandemic times of March Q2 of 2020. When they were printing stimulus checks for everyone. If you put your $1,000 or whatever it was in the Bitcoin, I think the price was like eight or 9K at Bitcoin. And, and now what, it's like 48K or something like that. So, you know, there you go. So there's your inflation trade, but now it's too late. I mean, now if you're gonna be doing, it's timing, it's, it's really a timing thing. and. When people, it's not like an algebraic equation that, oh, if interest or inflation goes from this, you know, X to Y, then the, the market of asset A must also go a similarly trajectorized B to C price. So, so that's where I, I really struggle when people tell me, hey, like the, Fed, the Fed's about to print a bunch of money. I should buy Bitcoin because that means when inflation kicks in, the price is going to go up. I'm like, dude, no, that's, it's not an algebraic law that that must happen or the same with gold. But I hear what you're saying. I, it's interesting your research. I think like, like you said, I mean, equities to me, you just have to figure out, you have to figure out a little bit more than just, oh, inflation's going up. I got to buy this thing. No, you have to figure out what, what's going to happen. Second, third, fourth, 
derivative level of thinking of how is the market going to react to different variables that are changing economic data, business performance, subsector trends. And so for me, when I think about crypto, I'm thinking more along the lines of like privacy coins. And you have to you have to really just evaluate assets on a individualized basis, I think. Yeah. No, you you're right. There's a lot of other factors. Uh in the article they point to the idea that part of the reason gold does really well, actually environments where gold does best is when people panic. And uh if you know, over the last twelve months, yeah, we've had inflation, but is that why Bitcoin is up as much as it is over the last twelve months? Um so like you said, there's a lot of risk. That's a great question. Right, right. It's like, dude. There's a lot of reasons why assets move, and it's not as easy as just like one or two explanations. Yeah. So unfortunately, no easy, quick takeaways here. But um, there, uh, me personally, I would say if you're looking for an inflation hedge and you think you're ahead of the ball, uh, gold gold is not the magic bullet it is purported to be, and the jury I think is still out on cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin specifically. Fair enough. All right. Well, this is not really good stuff. <laughs> no, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, this is stuff. We're about at time, so we will chat with you possibly tomorrow. Yeah, sounds good. Cool. See you. All right. See you.